0: Well good afternoon folks, my name is Ken Matthews and I'm the minister here or as um, one of my children likes to say I'm the prime minister here at St. Joseph's Church. This afternoon I'm not here to share with you my delusions of grandeur, don't worry. Instead I'd just like to ask you a simple question. What would turn this Christmas into a happy Christmas for you? I posted that question on Facebook a few years ago, and uh, here are some of the answers I received from my Facebook friends. A grand piano and a house that would fit one in. An Aston Martin, a pet baby elephant. Sunderland to stay up this season. As I say, this was a fair few years ago, and sadly, Santa was not kind that year. Here are a few of the other answers. My wife would like a PS4, or so I keep telling her. That I'd stop going bald. You, Kenneth. Or at least that's what Mariah Carey says she wants. But she can't have me. I am spoken for. A great big sack full of spare energy, and a spare sack full just in case. And finally, world peace, or failing that, a unicorn. Which all just goes to show that I not only have some slightly strange friends, but also that what you want and what you get are often completely different things. I mean, when we get beyond the Aston Martins and Grand Pianos and the more reasonable requests for socks and handkerchiefs and jewelry and perfume, what we really want for Christmas, what we would love to have, are things so massive that it almost seems too fantastical to even ask. I met with a man the day after he got made redundant recently. And I know what he wants for Christmas. I also know of a number of couples in our church who would make the most fantastic parents, and yet they remain childless. And I know what they want for Christmas. And there are so many of us this year who have lost loved ones, And if that's you, then can I just say that having buried my wife's father merely five days ago, we know what you want for Christmas too. But again, what you want and what you get are often two completely different things. Or are they? That's the question. Does it have to be that way? For in that reading we had a few moments ago from Luke chapter 2, the living God tells us about a Christmas gift that will exceed our wildest dreams. Did you hear what the angel of the Lord said to the shepherds? And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. You see what the angel is telling us? That Christ coming at Christmas is the best news you will ever hear. To which you might say, "Oh, <laughs> come off it! It's not. It's not even news. It's fantasy. It's away in a manger and away with the fairies too." We've grown up out of those shepherds and angels costumes that we used to wear in primary school nativity uh, plays, and maybe it's time to grow up and out of the Christmas story as well. But can I just say that the events we read about here in Luke's Gospel are not just great stories for Christmas. They're rooted in history. I mean, if they weren't, then why has Christ's birth made such a massive dent in history, splitting it into A.D. and B.C.? (laughs) Not only that, but his birth was also predicted in great detail in over 300 Old Testament prophecies including that third Bible reading we had from the book of Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born. That's like predicting that England were going to win the World Cup in 1266. And can I just say, speaking as a Scotsman, I never tire of hearing about that wonderful day when England won the World Cup. I never tire of it over and over again. But folks, while all the shepherds and the angels and the virgin births we read about might seem fantastical, we can have a lot of confidence that this actually happened. And it happened all because God wanted to bring us the best news that we would ever hear. Good news, not just for dopey shepherds, but for everyone. Whether rich or poor. Whether black or white. Whether straight or gay. Whether religious or non-religious. This is... Good news of great joy for all people. And so I guess the question is, why? Why is it such good news? Well, hear what the angel says next. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You see, the angel tells the shepherds that this good news is not a free subscription to sheep magazine or a lifetime supply of mint sauce or even the unlikely and even more implausible reality that scotland might actually one day win the world cup amazing that that might be no this good news is actually jesus coming to start a rescue operation as god has sent a savior for you and for me I'm guessing that most of us might react to that by thinking, well, (laughs) I don't need rescuing. And in fact, if I'm honest, I'd say I actually find myself most of the time thinking, well, I spend a lot of my time doing the rescuing, helping other people. And when I'm not doing that, at least I'm not like others. I don't steal. I don't commit murder. And I'm not a traffic warden. I'm one of the good guys. What can I just say? that it is easy to deceive people and be deceived. My sister-in-law told me the other day that when she was a child, she went round to play at a friend's house. And while her friend's back was turned, in a frenzy of scientific curiosity, she wanted to find out how long her friend's goldfish could survive outside the tank. And she discovered that the answer is not very long at all. So she put the dead goldfish back in the tank. But in order to avoid discovery, and it just floating back to the top and bobbing around there, she pushed it to the bottom and put a rock on top of it. The next time that she saw her friend a few days later, the poor lass, in a rather upset way, told her that her goldfish had died. My sister-in-law, feigned surprised and said, oh really, how did it die? To which her friend said, A rock fell on it. (laughs) Folks, it's so easy to be deceived, isn't it? And if we see God's Savior as something we don't really need, we are deceived. We're deceived into believing the great lie that we can live well and yet push God to the fringe of our lives. You see, we can't hear the good news without first owning up to the bad news. And the bad news is that we have not treated God as we should. He gives us fun, food, fitness, falling in love, friends. He gives us everything. And yet we take the gifts and we airbrush him out of the picture. And though we can live like that for a while, life gets very messy and mixed up, and it doesn't work without God in the long run. And we all know that deep down there will come a day when we will come face to face with God who longs to have a relationship with us who longs to help us through life's ups and downs but one day we'll have to come face to face with him and he will say to us well did you know me or ignore me? Were you for me or against me? Don't know how you do presents on Christmas morning. Actually I know of uh, a few families who don't do presents on Christmas morning, as they have a rule in their house that not one single present must be opened until after the Queen's speech. Man, if I made that rule in our house, I think there would be a riot. But I just want you to imagine that it's Christmas morning, or afternoon if that is your habit, in your house, and you are handed three presents by your adoring family. You unwrap them one by one, the first is Listerine. And so you take that rather bemusedly and put it on the side and unwrap the second one. And it is anti-dandruff shampoo. So a little bit more quizzical now. You put it to a side and unwrap the third. And it is deodorant. Folks, I tell you that even the most self-confidence, self-confident of us might be feeling a bit destabilized at this point. You've been given these presents because there is a problem with breath and BO, whatever. That is why you have been given them. So why does God give us his son? It is because he is highlighting a massive spiritual problem we have. That in God's world we have not lived as we should. And I guess it's that part of this news the angels bring that makes many people want to run away from God and church and Christians, even at Christmas. Because they reckon, when they hear that, that God is out to get them. But here again, what the angel says, fear not, fear not. For I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Our savior will be called Christ the Lord as he has God himself come to be with us. But he will also be called Jesus, which means rescuer, because he will rescue, he will save his people from their sins. So you see, the moment this baby is born, there are thorns in the straw. The moment he is born, he is heading actually towards his death because Christmas inevitably leads to Easter. And 33 years later, Jesus was dying on Good Friday, strung up on a Roman cross. And the Bible tells us that on that cross, he paid for our sin, wiping away the wrongdoing each and every one of us has. And that is good news. That is the great news of Christmas. That contrary to popular opinion, God doesn't come to condemn us, but save us. He doesn't come to crush us in guilt and judgment, but to free us from it. He doesn't come to kill the joy, but to create it by bringing us back into a relationship with him. The relationship we were made for in the first place. So, can I ask you, what do you make of that? It's extraordinary, isn't it? Particularly if you're hearing it for the first time. As Christ was born for us, as God's gift that will save us from our wrongdoing. Let me draw to a close with a story from the life of a friend of mine who got married a few years ago. And shortly after he got married, his wife said to him, darling, I would like you to start wearing a bicycle helmet. My friend had not worn a bicycle helmet in 14 years of cycling around London, and he was not about to start now. So for six months, she said to him, I'd like you to wear a helmet. And for six months, week after week, he laughed it off. And then she said to him, if you don't wear a helmet, then I will think that you do not love me. Well, that's an interesting strategy, isn't it, folks? <laughs> what do you make of that? What would you, how would you respond to that? Well, you'd get straight down to the bike shop, wouldn't you? I hope you would. That's exactly what my friend did. And he bought himself a helmet. And three months after he started wearing said helmet, he was cycling along and he turned a corner and he got his front wheel stuck in a drainage drain. And he flipped head over heels, straight over his handlebars, and he torpedoed the pavement he absolutely smashed it with his head. And he is in no doubt that if he hadn't been wearing that helmet, it would have killed him. You see, folks, there is an artery in the front of your head here that pumps blood around your head. And if it gets ruptured, then it will fill your head with blood and you will die in 15 to 20 minutes. And so my friend keeps a smashed-up helmet Bike helmet in his office on a shelf to remind him of the fact that his wife saved his life. And he said to me that he does actually find that rather helpful when he's finding marriage difficult. But every day he gets up and he goes around his business knowing that day is a gift from her because she saved his life. Folks, could it be that the angel spoke the truth? that the baby in the manger came to save us from a life damaged and wasted by living without our maker now, and the reality of judgment to come beyond the grave? Could it be that he came to rescue us and brings good news of great joy for all people every day for the rest of our lives and on into the perfect peace of eternity? On all I want to say to close is why not be like the shepherds and go and check it out. The first step in that might be to read one of uh, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life. Uh, We've got these ones written by a guy called Mark which you can find on the display racks around church and take them for free as you go. Or it might be that you want to come back in the new year for that life explored taster session that Jonathan mentioned at the start of the service. There's little flyers with details about those on the display racks too. Folks, I hope you have a great Christmas. But more than that, I hope you find, find what the angel promised, the best news you will ever hear. A very happy Christmas to everyone.